Hi, and welcome to All I Have to Say podcast. You can check us out on allihavetosay.net or All I Have to Say podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we are back, and I am Jack Tomas. And with me, as always, is Raven Brown. Yes, Raven E. Brown. Hi, Mr. Tomas. (laughs) What's up, Raven? Oh, you know, the usual. (laughs) That bad, huh? Yeah, so, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, so we uh, we're a little past, um, maybe a half a month past uh, Joe Biden's first hundred days. He keeps plugging along. He's still there, uh, doing his thing, wearing sunglasses, eating ice cream, driving around in Ford pickup trucks. Did you see that today? Um, I did not uh, see that today. But when you said eating ice cream, it reminded me, uh, jogged my mind of the new COVID regulations, which I actually, they are the first thing that uh, Joe Biden has done that's I've been, uh, that I've been disappointed by. Um, um, why, why to, you know, tell us, tell us what you think Well, I just, you know, I think that um, it's way too soon to, uh, say that vaccinated people um, shouldn't wear masks, considering that you can still catch COVID um, when you're vaccinated. Over the last week, I believe nine members of the New York Yankees were were all vaccinated, caught COVID, and uh, Bill Maher also caught COVID, all vaccinated. Um, And then I think, you know, because we have such a a low uptake rate um who's to know how do we know who's vaccinated like why would i go into a movie theater and sit next to 150 or 250 strangers none of whom are wearing masks um without any knowledge of whether they're vaccinated or not like it's an on an honor system right and Um, we know, uh, that many people have received their first vaccine, uh, vaccination, but not their second vaccination. Right. Um, and in New York, I believe, um, the, uh, rate of, uh, uh, completing, um, the first, both vaccinations, is it about 40%? So yeah, like 43% of New Yorkers are fully vaccinated. 50% right. have had, or 52% have had, um, one dose as of May 18th. So in order to reach herd immunity, you need to be at 70%. Right. So why, like, I don't know, the states that have have the most or the highest vac- fully vaccinated populations are New York at 43%, California at 39%, Texas at 32.8%, uh, Florida at 35.9%, Pennsylvania at 39.6%. Um, 274 million doses have been given 
only 37.7% of the the total United States population is vaccinated. Right. Um, And this is according to the CDC. So why, like, you know, I mean, I get that, like, the idea that you want to reward people with um, the idea of being able to take their masks off if they're fully vaccinated. But I think it's too soon. And then, you know, it's going, it has the potential to um, create uh, another wave, right? And we've already lost so many people. Um, Yeah. It just seems uh, foolhardy to me. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, and, and, you know, this goes from the CD, you know, starting at the CDC and, you know, in our state, in New York, you know, to, to Andrew Cuomo, et cetera. Uh, but a lot of states, uh, and not necessarily all Republican states either, um, people are just like, all right, COVID's over. COVID's over. I don't want to wear a mask anymore. It's just like the country... Both sides of the aisle don't agree on anything, but they're kind of agreeing on like, I don't want to wear a mask anymore. Fuck this. This is over. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And uh, look, we're all sick of it. You know, like, I, I don't, I, I, I'm a big guy with a beard. I don't like wearing a mask. It makes my face hot. But, you know, uh, not only, and this is, this is an interesting point, is that the flu pretty much didn't happen this past year. Mm -hmm. You know, like there were very, very few influenza cases uh, in the country who, you know, who kills a lot of people every year. Um, And I didn't get sick. I didn't get sick once. Well, I mean, I think also everybody was inside. And when you were outside, you were avoiding people and wearing a mask sure so so of course that's you know extreme because we weren't like you know at the subway or whatever but you know it did it did work the masks Mm -hmm. did work uh as as a way of but you know just people don't give a shit don't care well uh, there's also a new uh study from the university of washington's institute for health metrics and evaluation um, that says that the number of COVID deaths in the United States was actually closer to 900,000 than to 585,000, which is like 50, I guess 57% higher than what the official figures are. Right. Um, And I mean, just given, you know, that what we know about um, certain states not ever really getting uh, thorough testing in place, and then certain states, uh, including the one that we're both sitting in, trying to fudge the numbers, (laughs) um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that's true. Yeah. which is the opposite of the Republican story that the numbers are much lower. 
because everybody that works in a hospital um, signed on to lie, lying about <laughs> right. who had COVID and who didn't. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've, I've had several people tell me, oh yeah, my cousin's friend, uh, my uh, really, he, he died of a heart attack, but they said he had COVID, so they said he died of COVID. It's like, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Liz Cheney. Now, Liz Cheney, um, I am not a fan of Liz I Cheney. I literally was just going to interrupt you and say, I am not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> So we are not fans of Liz Cheney. No. But, but she was stripped of a leadership position. You know, she's still, she's still there. She's still in Congress, but um, they uh, voted the, the, her, her, her fellow uh, members of Congress voted to remove her from the top positions that she was in because she spoke out against Trump. Yes. Now. <laughs> and the person who's going to replace her, I also have to say is insane. Uh, a Congresswoman from New York. Um, anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that's great. Um, but uh, so, so Liz Cheney, um, you know, came out against Trump. She spoke out against the January 6th insurrection and she just, you know, said this guy, this guy is destroying our party. But what we know, what we know, and this, this is, is why. This is what Martha's Day looks like there. Who is Martha? Um, uh, I don't know. Martha Stewart, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I applied to work for, for her website today. Yeah, oh, you did. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe, that, that Maybe sign it is. Now. Who knows? Um, so, so she she said that, and basically, you can't speak out against Trump. And the reason why um, the other members of Congress were, uh, the Republican members of Congress were so, uh, you know, immediately jumped against her regarding Trump is because Trump is still incredibly popular mm -hmm. with the Republican base. I mean, they would, they would, they, a lot of them, a lot of them, first of all, believe that he did win the election and that Joe Biden stole it. Mm -hmm. And the ones that didn't still love him, still think he was the greatest president since Reagan and uh, that uh, Joe Biden is a communist. So I would actually, uh, I'd like to just, I would act, I think that Republicans think um, that Trump is better than, he's replaced Reagan as the, really? I would argue that he has replaced Reagan as the mantle of the party. Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, that's, that's true because they abandoned any conservative or whatever the ideas of 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 uh of ronald reagan for i mean i think i think the moment that i knew for sure there was no turning back with the republican party was when their platform for the convention in 
2020 literally was a piece of paper with two paragraphs that said, we follow the agenda of Trump. It doesn't even, didn't even delineate what that was. Because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything really. Yeah. You know, there, were, there were no policies. But they just said, uh, whatever he says, whatever he says is what we believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, so we have 10 Republican Congress members uh, who supported the article, article of impeachment uh, in February, um, which is more than the first time, which I believe the only one the first time was, uh, what's his name, Justin, oh, but uh, members of the House, Justin Amash, who um, left the Republican Party, and then Liz Cheney being the one who is in a leadership position. Um, And she, you know, I think she also kind of represents like the last of the Reagan Republicans in that her father was in Reagan's administration and H.W.'s administration and W.'s administration. Um, I don't know. Somebody the other day was saying like the Republicans don't like her because she's telling the truth. And I was like, well, why don't you ask her about where those weapons of mass destruction were in Iraq (laughs) and then (laughs) see how much truth she's telling. But um, yeah, no, I mean, we've talked about this hundreds of times. The Republican Party is the party of Trump. And all that means is that it's a party uh, whose only agenda is to spread conspiracy theories, um, engage in grift, uh, and undermine, you know, any legitimate legislative processes, right? And also impose um, strict uh, evangelical or conservative cultural uh, mores uh, on American citizens. Not, but not practice them. Yes, preach, not practice. Yeah, do do as I say, not as I do. You know, that's that's the whole thing. Um, Yeah, I uh, mean, it's pretty disturbing. It is disturbing. And again, we're no fans of Liz Cheney, but it does show, I mean, it does show you that there's no room for dissent. Like you have to fall lockstep behind Trump or you're not even considered a Republican anymore. You're considered a traitor. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's very pernicious. And I think back to your point also about Republicans, like the Republican base supporting Trump. Um, I think that one of the things um, that we need to pay attention to uh, is like that a lot of people, and by people I mean Democrats or even Republicans who left the Republican Party, um, people in the center, maybe not people far to the left, um, they think that uh, because it's quiet, 
it means that Trumpism is over and Trump is gone. Right. And it's only quiet because we're not on, <laughs> you know, like white supremacist websites and I don't know, parlor or whatever. I don't even know what these social media platforms are because I am um, normal. Yeah, Same. and I'm only on Facebook. Um, I'm right. not even on Twitter or uh, Instagram. Instagram. Um, but Facebook is a lot quieter now that Trump is gone. And I have noticed that there's, there uh, is much less like right-wing spam and propaganda, you know, infiltrating my newsfeed, right? Um, yeah. So I think that a lot of people have made the mistake um, in thinking that Trump is gone and Trumpism is over because it's quiet and that's not the case, right? They're essentially licking their wounds and regrouping. Right. And the, uh, the, the conspiracy theories are only getting more and more extreme. So speaking of crazy conspiracy theories. So uh, I just want to say one more yeah. thing also about that. Um, right. If we look at what happened in Germany leading up to the full Nazi takeover, a full Nazi takeover, um, they unsuccessfully tried to overthrow a democratic government before they were successful in actually taking over the government right like through right. legal means um and i i have a, a friend of mine um who is german and i don't know he's probably in his early 50s late 40s early 50s um and i was talking to him the day after the derek chauvin verdict and he and I were talking about how, uh, you know, the verdict wasn't justice. It was just accountability um, and, you know, just about policing in, in the United States and so on. And he said, we have to remember that while more people voted for Joe Biden for president than any other candidate in American history, Trump is second to that. And while we're happy that Chauvin was convicted, there are many people in this country that thought that that was the wrong decision and think that the jury was influenced by political pressure from the left, not, you know, from the evidence that was presented at the trial. Right. And then right. he said, similar to the, he, the Nazis, he believed that what's happening right now and why it's so quiet is not just because Trump has been removed from social media, but also because they're, again, licking their wounds and regrouping. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, hopefully, obviously, uh, <laughs> they're, the regrouping won't lead to anything, anything, but we don't know that, right? I'm not a green seer. I learned that by uh, predicting incorrectly that Trump was going to win in 2020. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but seriously, like it didn't go away. No, I mean Nazism hasn't gone away, right? <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, it's just. 
Nazism, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I heard the other day that like flannel shirts and jeans, like low rise jeans were back and it's like the 90s again. It's like 1930s Germany in mm. some parts of this country. Uh, well, and so, also if you add in the lack of ability to dissent, right? You lose your position of power if you speak against a dear leader. Right. Um, um, and she enabled, sorry, just, she <laughs> also enabled him up until January 6th. <laughs> it's not like she did anything else oh, Cheney, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. like from when he was nominated uh in 2016 until january 6th she enabled him every step of the way even when he rented the american military to saudi arabia to guard oil pipelines she right. like anyway I'll, I'll let this go <laughs> um so <sighs> so Right now, um, as we speak, there's a, um, what would you even call it? More than a conflict. Is it a war yet in Israel? I mean, what's well, what, what would you call it, what's happening? I would say that there has been an ongoing war since 1948 that is frequently cold and often has hot flashes. Um, but this is the largest um, occurrence of violence that we've seen, you know, sustained violence that we've seen within Israel proper uh, since the second intifada, right? Like right. the, you know, rocket fire from Gaza um, is a pretty regular occurrence. Uh that also, I was talking to a close friend of mine in Tel Aviv the other day, and he said that he and his wife uh, and their young children, you know, obviously had to go to a bomb shelter, but that they got overwhelmed because initially they thought it was just like the regular rocket fire, you know, um, right. and then it was like all of a sudden actually like much worse than they thought. So they were scrambling and running. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a cold war with hot flashes, uh, but yeah, it is a war. Yeah. Um, so, so how did this latest conflict start? Because there's, you know, different stories. What, what do you think, uh, what do you think happened? I mean, there are several things going on. I don't know. I just feel like first, before we go into this, like, obviously violence and loss of life um is horrible and i just personally feel like they're really the only legitimate way to respond to this conflict at this point um is to ask first to say like we need a ceasefire now and we need peace now right a negative peace meaning a cessation of physical hostilities and then figure out how do we build a positive peace all of the people who have been in charge um in israel uh in the palestinian authority in hamas uh or in gaza the people and hamas being the ruling party the only party um in 
Gaza, they've all been there for a long time. Um, probably Mahmoud Abbas, uh, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, has been in consistent power for a long time. But we know that Netanyahu has been a player uh, in Israeli politics um, since the 90s, right? He became prime minister after Itzhak Rabin um, was assassinated. Uh, but he's in, been in consistent power up until uh, the last Israeli election from 2009. None of these players have moved any closer to um, a solution to the problem. Uh, you know, a lot of people seem to think that this benefits Netanyahu in that uh, a longer conflict will cause the Israeli government to collapse, leading to a new election in which he may win, right? Um, right. And obviously he wants to hold on to power, but he also is in the middle of a corruption trial. He wants to stay right. out of jail as well. That's um, what I've heard a lot of too, that this is just happening for him to distract uh, from his corruption case. I mean, I, I think that that's a possibility. You know, he definitely is implicated, um, similar to his friend Donald Trump, uh, is implicated in um, creating an environment uh, that was so hostile and toxic that it, it led to the assassination of Itzhak Rabin. I know, you know, that uh, lots of uh, scholars and Israelis think that, uh, including Rabin's family. Um, and obviously Trump with January 6th. Uh, but I mean, I think there are several things at play, right? So you have these uh, evictions um, of Palestinians and Arab Israelis, but I think possibly just Palestinians um, in East Jerusalem. Um, and then you know, some of the things that happened aside or in addition to that, I don't necessarily know if they're true. Like I've, I've heard from some people that they are and from other people that they aren't. Um, so, you know, there, there, some people have said that the Israeli police um, set a fire uh, around the Temple Mount, um, right. which, uh, is the Alaska mosque. Um, I don't, you know, I've heard conflicting stories about that. I don't know um, which is true. I haven't actually seen any footage of it. So, um, but then I think Hamas also is uh, trying to gain um, more power or a foothold in of power in the West Bank. Um, so that's part of what's going on. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems to me that, you know, and we can say you did this first or you did this first, back and forth, back and forth, but that hasn't gotten anybody anywhere. And all of the rhetoric coming from various places around the world is amplifying, you know, hatred either of Israel 
or of Palestinians or against Palestinians or excuse me, pro-Palestinian or pro-Israel, there it doesn't seem like there's a larger voice for peace, right? Like, um, and it's just becoming, you know, more and more extreme. Like we were talking about a few minutes ago, a few years ago, a reasonable position was, you know, I support a two-state solution and I do not agree with building settlements in disputed territory. Now, the middle position is Israel is a colonist settler state and an apartheid state. Like it moved, the goalpost moved um, very quickly. And then on the right, you have like kind of blind support um, in favor of Israel, uh, kind of, I guess, underlined by extremist Christianity. And right. also, I would guess, racism towards uh, Palestinians and Arabs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have it on good authority from some um, Hasidic acquaintances of mine that their community regularly works with um, evangelical Christian groups mm-hmm. because, as, as you know, we've talked about on here before, uh, the uh, in order to fulfill the book of revelations in the, in the Christian Bible, the Jews must reser- return to Zion so that Jesus can can come back. Um, and that's 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 the end and the beginning of the of their support of Israel. And of course, as you pointed out, there's general Islamophobia against the Palestinians. Um, here, uh, the neighborhood I live in, uh, in Brooklyn, has a large uh, Muslim and particularly Palestinian population. And a couple of nights ago, um, uh, just two blocks away from my apartment, there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people, um, pro-Palestinian, you know, denouncing Israel, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you personally, Raven, <laughs> I saw earlier today, um, you, you've been called an apologist, right? And, and for, yes. for atrocities. And the word apartheid really bothers you with regard to Israel. I mean, yes. I know why. I know why. <laughs> but tell our listeners why. Well, you know, I think obviously there is, I don't think that one can say, right, that there isn't institutional uh, segregation in Israel um, among Jews, right? Uh, For an example, um, Jews are not, like there's no civil marriage in Israel, right? So in order to get um, married, uh, like, and have it accepted by the state, it has to be uh, an Orthodox wedding. So like that can be viewed as uh, institutional discrimination against people that aren't religious. Uh, It does um, hamper intermarriage, but the state will recognize marriages that are performed 
outside of the country, right? So a lot of people go to Cyprus or, you know, if they're American or Canadian and so on, they go to Canada. Um, and then I think we can say that there are economic disparities between Arab Israelis and Jewish Israelis, uh, but there's no housing segregation. Arab Israelis have full franchise, like access to full franchise. They're not, you know, prevented from voting. They uh, participate in um, the Knesset as equal members to Jewish Israelis. Uh, they can work in any profession. They can, you know, go to any school, university, so on. Um, they receive subsidized health care and education from the state. Uh, so it's just, um, as a political economist who has done a lot of re research in South Africa, it's not like there, there's nothing comparable to it. Um, so I find it to be particularly annoying. Um, right. And, you know, especially like just because people use words that they don't know the meaning of all the time, make arguments that they don't know the meaning of, like arguments that aren't, not that they don't know the meaning of, but that aren't based in reality, like QAnon or something like that. Um, right. And you have, like, we know, for an example, that a, a majority of millennials don't know what Auschwitz was. Now we also have a majority of uh, people, I would argue, and I, I don't have the data to back this up, but that don't know what apartheid was. Um, yeah, I would argue if you don't know what Auschwitz is, the, the, uh, the possibility of you knowing apartheid is very slim. So, you know, I just like, I find that to be particularly offensive. And then also the settler colony uh, critique, like Jews are indigenous to that part of the Middle East. We have 3000 year old archeological artifacts that prove that, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not like, um, were saying, like, for an example, since we've been talking about South Africa, um, that Afrikaans South, uh, actually, you know, I would say that Afrikaans people are indigenous to South Africa, because they are a specific mix of European, African, and Asian ancestries that only really happened in that part of South Africa but British South Africans, right? Um, nobody's saying that they're indigenous to South Africa because they've lived there since the early 1800s. Um, but we do have the evidence. And right. on top of that, like these arguments are being made by uh, that Israel, uh, that Jews are not indigenous to the Middle East by a lot of people whose religions are based on either the New Testament or the Quran, which all use the Old Testament, if I'm correct, um, yes. to build off of, which is the Jewish Bible and all, or the majority of it takes place in Jerusalem and around <laughs> what is part of modern day Israel, right? 
Like, well, sure, sure. The the uh, what what Christians call the Old Testament is the Tanakh, the the, the Hebrew Bible, uh, that tells the story of, and and we know we it's verifiable that these texts are um, over like twenty. I think the first ones were 2,500 years ago that they started writing it down during the Babylonian exile. Mm-hmm. These, these, these are ancient texts. Of course, there's archaeological evidence as well that, you know, there was a Jewish state, you know, um, even, even, if, even though at the end it was under Roman occupation until, you know, the... 160 something mm-hmm. when uh when the when jerusalem was finally uh the jews were thrown out but there was always a jewish presence yeah you know for 2000 years it wasn't well, they weren't in con- control quote unquote of the state but they were there but then also palestinians have never been in control there was never a Palestinian state under the Ottoman Empire. That specific land was called like Palestine, but it wasn't an independent state. And then, you know, under the British mandate, because it had been called Palestine under the Ottoman Empire, it was called the British mandate of Palestine. After partition, when uh, Jordan and Egypt were in control of some of the disputed territories, um, including East Jerusalem and the West Bank and so on. There was never a Palestinian state, right? Like, so, I, I mean, and, I, and I'm not saying this because I'm arguing that Palestinians shouldn't have a state because I think that they should have a state. There should be, I would say, you know, obviously my preference is a two-state solution, but you know what, if it's a one state solution and people are able to live in peace, fine. But I personally support a two state solution, but there's never been a Palestinian state. And that is not the fault of Israel, right? Like the Jordanians and the Egyptians, if they if their goal was to support a Palestinian state, they could have helped to facilitate building a Palestinian state during the time when they controlled that land right. or Syria, right? Like, uh, you know, um, and it's not like there haven't been uh, offers of a Palestinian state. Um, they've been either rejected or accepted and then met with violence, right? There used to be, people used to say about Arafat, um, or because of Arafat, the Palestinians never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. Right. Uh, you know, I, it just, yeah. So no, it's crazy. Have... Everybody's crazy. The left is crazy. The right is crazy. Like, I, I have just noticed, I have noticed though, this, this time in particular, the left has been very vocal. Yeah. Uh, like the right, you know, as we said, always, always like, we'll, we'll back Israel, even if what Israel's doing isn't right because of Jesus coming back and all that stuff. But on the left, um, you know, there's been an, 
increase, for, particularly the more progressive you get, your AOCs, et cetera. And the younger. That, and younger, yeah. Never younger trust people. anybody over 30. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're way past that. But um, uh, yeah, so, so they... Uh, so, so they believe that, you know, this, this narrative that Raven was saying about that um, the Israelis were basically European colonizers and that there's no difference between what European colonial, colonial powers did in places like Africa and Latin America and- Or the United uh, States. Right. Um, uh, because they were a bunch of Europeans that came and took over the land that didn't belong to them. So that's the narrative that the left, uh, some people on the left have been saying for years, but I am hearing a lot of it. And they're being very, very, very loud on social media. Because yes. unlike you, I made the terrible mistake of joining all of social media. And they, and uh, there is, there's this huge thing. And if you are a Democrat or you're on the left or whatever, and you don't toe that line, or you, you take a more moderate stance, um, they're being attacked. For example, Andrew Yang yes. said something uh, uh, kind of in support of Israel, and they tore him apart. I just was going to bring that up because I was just talking about that. He said something like, you know, as New Yorkers, we sympathize with people under the threat of terrorism, like I support Israel or something like that. Then AOC tweeted some other crap at him and he responded saying um, something along, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was like, uh, like I, you know, equally mourn the deaths of Israelis and Palestinians and, you know, don't want anybody to live under the threat of violence, something like that. Right. And then right. there's a headline in the New York, uh, New York Post. Yang uh, takes back support of Israel after attack from the far left. <laughs> so right. I clicked on it and I read it and, you know, he didn't take back his support of Israel, but he said that he also supported Palestinians in like their right to live peacefully. Um, so it was, it was just interesting to me because I was like, this is ridiculous. Why this, this new like... obsession, why this new obsession with the left with Palestine? I, mean, I know it's not new, but why is it increasing? Well, I think two things. First being that the right has, and we've talked about this also, made Israel into a wedge issue. Like yeah. 20 years ago, there was pretty much bipartisan support um, for Israel as a state, right? Um, and we, and as I just said, like the right really focused on under the Bush years arguing that the left was soft on terrorism um, and even though 9-11 happened under a Republican president, right? Um, but, sure. uh, and that, you know, the right had to stand with Israel and that the left wouldn't support Israel and so on. And then during the Obama years, we had Obama literally saying, 
the exact same thing as George W. Bush said when there was uh, a flare-up of hostilities, whether it be rockets uh, coming from Gaza or terrorist attacks, or, you know, I believe in 2014, Israel um, engaged in a land invasion of Gaza. The exact same thing. We call for a a ceasefire now and um, to, you know, respond in moderation or something like that. Yet Obama was painted as being anti-Israel and then Democrats as being anti-Israel. So you have that and then you have people who, you know, are misinformed, right? They don't actually know all of the nuances of the history. Uh, And as we said, like there are legitimate uh, grievances that Arab Israelis have, um, but still people that don't know all of the history, like they don't know, for an example, that Israel unilaterally withdrew from Gaza in 2005 after um, three years of a second intifada that was spawned by Arafat refusing uh, the Camp David Accords, right? Um, So on. Uh, And then I would, so I would say lack of knowledge and lack of information. Um, Then also the loudest voice in the room is always the most amplified. Um, And then I think, and I hate that I'm going to have to say this because I generally don't think this, but I think also like the fact that people refuse to acknowledge that Jews are indigenous to the Middle East. Um, They view, and can we also just say that Jews like come from all over the world and not all Jews living in Israel um, were living in diaspora in Europe before they returned to Israel. You have Jews yeah, from I China, mean, my, uh, from Africa, aunts, from My ancestors Asia. were from Spain, and most of the Sephardic Jews, like me, um, lived throughout the Middle East. Yes. Um, but then also you have Indian, Chinese, African, like, you know, and documented in terms of uh, genetic tests, right, that document where uh, our collective ancestry is uh, originated. Um, But I think that there's this idea that Jews are all white, which then actually erases, you know, 40 to 50 percent of Jews. Um, And then because people are trying to be woke, and this is why I hate that I'm saying this, they want to see this situation as an example of white colonists uh, treating brown people badly. They also ignore, right, that a lot of Palestinians are Christian. They, you know, assume that they're all Muslim, and that's not the case either. Um, So there's that kind of uh, angle to it as well, that, like, there's this Islamophobia happening, and everybody, um, you know, who is Palestinian is, uh, excuse me, is Muslim, and they're not, they're not, right? Um, yeah, so, there's a huge Arab Christian population. Huge. Yes. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, those, those are the things that I think contribute to it. But I, I definitely think that the idea that Jews are white and European and, and how that relates to the settler colonist narrative is very much at play here. Right. Um, well, let's, yeah. let's hope the, uh, the violence stops soon. Yes. It's pretty let's horrible. hope. But there was something else that I wanted to say about this also, um, about the right, but I don't remember now. So I guess that's all I have to say. <laughs> so that's uh, that's it for now. Uh, you can check us out on allihavetosay.net and all I have to say podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I am Jack. And I'm Raven. And thanks for listening. And that's all we have to say about that.